My name is Katie Rose. I am a mom and a teacher, and I am here to share my stories as I heal and expand into my most radiant self. We'll be talking life, trials, wins, and lessons through all sorts of modalities such as energy healing, human design, somatic work, traditional therapy, and so much more. It is my hope that in sharing my experiences, you feel inspired, empowered, and seen to live the exact life you came here to lead. Join me in celebration, tears, experiences, and joy. I'm so happy to have you with the Wild Rumpus start. Hello, um, this is my little before the episode trigger warning. Um, so what I really do ultimately want to talk to you guys about is self-care and what that has done for me and my life and my healing journey. But I had something come up for me recently, um, which is delicate around the topic of sexual abuse. And so I decided to include that. Um, so if that's something you are not ready for, or you have little kids with you, um, feel free to come back another time. I'll be holding this space for you. Um, if it's something that you're interested in the self-care and have to hold off, um, if you fast forward to about 12 minutes on the total episode, um, it'll just be all self-care from there. So I will see you on the inside of episode seven. Hello. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all having a lovely week. Um, I know I'm going to do a little preamble to this one. So um, we're going to have a little bit of a sensitive subject around sexual abuse coming up here early in the podcast. Um, the point of this podcast is actually all about self-love and taking care of yourself, but I wanted to illustrate this through um, a story in my life. Um, and I went back and forth on this a lot, actually, because I, I was like, well, maybe I should just say, hey, something came up for me and leave it at that. Um, but that seemed to get go against kind of the pillars of what I'm building this podcast around, which is authenticity, which is um, genuineness, which is sharing my sometimes difficult stories to illustrate points um, that maybe some tools come out of there that are applicable in your life. So again, I'm going to go back. And so you've already heard this um, and let you know what point um, a little bit more of the explicit nature of this is over um, so that you can skip ahead and or if you are not in a place to listen to this, um, that is absolutely fine. Um, I am here for you when and if you ever are ready. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to kind of jump into the story that led me to this particular topic for this week because um, that's the best way that my brain makes sense out of information. So um, to go back in time, um, a week or two ago, um, 
I had had a week where I was just feeling great. I was feeling really, really good. All the things that are tricky for me sometimes, I felt like I was managing super well, um, really being present. And we had, uh, you know, I had a Thursday. I've told you guys Thursdays, my kids are home with me. We had a great day. My husband got out early. Um, he runs a couple of companies. He was able to get out early and we went and got dinner at this place we love that's kind of near the ocean that's only open like seasonally it's only open may to october so we kind of enjoy going there and getting like you know just sort of they have stuff like lobster rolls or like um fish tacos or uh you know for my kids french fries or whatever um so we love going there in the summer and we were like, you know what? It's a beautiful day. It's about to close. We're getting into October. Let's go have one last dinner there on a Thursday night, all four of us. Um, and we just had a great night. We had a great dinner. We had a great day. And um, as we were driving home, my husband and I were kind of laughing because our four-year-old, who's always been like a phenomenal sleeper, like guys, he, that eight weeks old slept through the night. He slept eight hours straight. And then he just, since then has always been our great sleeper. My daughter, less so. So before you say I'm jealous that my daughter did not sleep through the night until she was just shy of two years old. She was maybe like 22 months. And I was like, she finally started sleeping through the night. So before you get fresher than me, <laughs> I had, I had both, both. But anyway, he's always been a really, really good sleeper. And in the last couple of weeks, we found that he's just kind of crawled into, um, crawled into our bed at some point in night, in the night in between me and my husband. And, you know, usually under the guise that he's had a nightmare, which he does sometimes have nightmares, but, um, I think he just feels very safe and cozy. And what we were talking about in the car ride home was how, when he crawls in with us, we can kind of see, he just has this like precious little smirky smile on his face. Like he is just in the coziest, safest place on the earth. And we were talking about that and how that made us, you know, feel good as parents and just kind of musing about that. And then I just had this wave of kind of despair come over me. And I talk about this because, um, and the reason I told you I had a great week, I had a great day, great dinner, um, was because sometimes this just happens, especially in our healing journey. And early on, this really used to throw me off. And I'd be like, what the F is wrong with me, man? Like, I'm having a great day. I'm having a great week. Like, why is this coming up? And I have gone far enough in my healing journey where I know this is coming up because there's something that needs to go. There's something that I need to address. There's something I need to see. There's something I need to love, heal, release, whatever you want to call it. I'm now aware of that. Um, so what came up for me is, as you might imagine, you know, thinking about my son and just how delighted and cozy and safe he feels crawling into bed with his parents, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I used to crawl into bed with my mom. You know, that was something sleep was always difficult for me. Um, as a little kid, you know, I, I don't know if I had an active imagination. It was like lots of things coming up for me, but I, I didn't find sleep easily. And I used to love to crawl into bed with my mom. Now <laughs> my parents at the time were married. And so that meant also crawling into bed like my father was there. And I like to usually stay on the side like of my mom that was like closest to the outside of the bed, but sometimes I would wind up in the middle. 
And so I had some memories come up um, and I, I have described them this way to people before, and I don't know that it necessarily hits or makes sense to people, but um, it's the only way I know how to describe it is that I've had memories, especially like traumatic ones around sexual abuse. I call it like coming up for me because I don't really know how else to describe it. It's not like the memory just came to me because I can access it and I know I've actually had it before, but I could never look at it as an adult. It was almost like it was under glass. It was kind of like that kid logic. Like, um, like I remember one example of kid logic is like a little kid thinking that like dogs were boys and cats were girls and that just made sense and they accepted it and they moved on. I think there's like a great episode of like This American Life or something like that where they talk about kid logic. I digress. So for me, like some of these memories come up and I've even had them and looked at them before, like I've accessed them, but I just sometimes can't look at them through my adult eyes, through my adult lens until I can. I don't know how else to describe that. And if that doesn't make sense, I'm sorry, but that's just the best way I can describe it. Because some people have said, well, you know, did this memory just appear? Did this, you know, and it's something that all I can explain is it's not a new memory, but it's a memory that was like frozen in time until I can look at it as an adult. So I hope that that makes sense. So anyway, so I had this memory come up. This I will fully acknowledge is hazier than some of my other memories because I think it was nighttime and dark, but I remember, (laughs) and I'm sorry, this is a little tricky for me to talk about. So I appreciate your patience as I'm sure I cough and stumble my way through this a little bit, but I do, after a lot of reflection, feel like it's important. So I had this memory come up of, um, you know, my little hand and I was probably not any older than four. And again, my son, you guys know, just had his fourth birthday. So I don't even think I was four. I was probably younger than that. Um, my little hand being put like over the covers over something that became, very hard under my hand. Right. And so as an adult, I now can go, Oh, that was like an erection, but I didn't know at the time. And if, and I wasn't even scared at the time. Um, I remember being like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, and I was aware it was my father and I was aware. Um, and I actually probably thought it was kind of fun or cool. Like, Oh, look at this thing that when I touch it it becomes hard. I don't really have any memories of there being like any sort of climax. I don't remember touching skin. I think it was all like over the, over clothing, which is very, you know, my father always leaving an out for himself. Um, and I think this happened maybe a couple of times. I don't think it was a ton of times. I do think this happened a couple of times. And I think that, um, even once like I came in and I think I even reached out, right. So I was like, Oh, this is kind of what we do, right. This little kid, again, very young. Um, and then I think, I'm not positive on this, but there was, you know, then I think he was like, oh, you know, she can't come in the bed anymore and stuff like that. Maybe he started to have a guilty conscience. I don't really know. Um, That's, again, hazy for me. And I only want to tell you what I know and what I remember. And so that's, those are the memories that came up for me. So again, I'm going (laughs) to have those that skipped ahead can kind of join in now at this point um, that, uh, that all these difficult memories, you know, triggered by my son coming in and feeling so safe and cozy in our bed, 
came up with very unsafe memories from myself in my own childhood. So I bring up these difficult memories for for really my point um, of what this episode is all about, which is really self-care. Now, self-care is something I've heard a lot about. Um, I think before I started my healing journey, I probably associated self-care more with like, oh, go get your nails done, uh, which can be. Uh, I'm not there's I'm not trying to be trite about that. That can be. But I don't think I had a real understanding or appreciation of self-care. And I think so much of also my own, my own set of values that I had created before I started healing myself was around that somehow being completely selfless was virtuous. Again, I was raised in the Catholic tradition. So I don't know if some of that's like some religious wounding, um, the household I was brought up in, I don't know, but I had this like notion that completely sacrificing all of myself was very virtuous and very quote unquote good. Um, and so therefore self-care, I didn't really have a place for that right in my, in my old value system. Um, because in fact, self-care might not be good because if my only value is serving other people, how can taking care of myself be good, right? I don't think I had a place for that. Um, and if in, in probably I had even somewhat negative connotations over self-care. So my first real dive into self-care was with a therapist and my therapist Stu. And he had said to me, you know, um, and this is when I was really struggling with like panic attacks. I was really struggling with these just super intense emotions of, anxiety and like overwhelm and, and OCD feelings, which I now know came up because the anxiety was so rich that I, <clears throat> the OCD for me was like a way to try to manage the intensity of the anxiety that was coming up and to alleviate that. Um, the thing with, with OCD is it doesn't work long-term, but in a second, if you can do like a ritual or whatever it is for you, it gives you like a moment where you feel in control. Um, I do want to say I have not had these come up and they may come up. I'm not going to declare that I'm never going to have them again, but I have gotten in such a good place that I haven't had that crazy intense emotions come up since like April or early May of this year. So, um, so anyway, my therapist was like, Katie, here's the deal. Like when you start to feel yourself creeping up to like a six um, and absolutely by seven on the anxiety scale, you need to jump into self-care immediately. That is your biggest priority and that is what's best for those around you. And I was like, wow, I never really, I really, never really thought of that that way. And it kind of set me on this course, like what does self-care mean for me? Like how do I how do I even approach it? Like that is, that is where I was. I was at like zero. Um, and I think the way I had even somewhat approached self-care was probably through numbing, right? Like numbing through food, alcohol, doom scrolling on my phone, um, just binge watching Netflix. Um, and again, no judgment. Um, if that is something that comes up for you, it still comes up for me. Um, not really, doom scrolling, not really Netflix, not drinking, but I do still struggle sometimes with, with, um, using food to soothe myself because that's an old one for me. And so more on that later, 
I just say that with, there's absolutely no judgment on my end. Um, so anyway, I started to explore self-care and what that meant for me and what that looked like. So I want to come back to the episode I started off um, this podcast with um, and talk about how I walked myself through self-care um, and you know, within 24 hours was able to get out of a situation that in the past had caused me to literally be like shaking on my bed when I had other memories come up in a full panic attack. So immediately got home, said to my husband, I've had some stuff coming up. Um, and we know we have this language, right? So we had to build this. Um, this was not um, something that either of us you know, intuitively knew before you are like, oh my God, they're like totally got to figure it out. We had to work really hard to figure all this out. So I was like, I'm having some stuff coming up. I'm struggling. I'm going to put our daughter to bed because she goes to bed like 7, 15, 7, 30. I'm like, I'm going to put son, our daughter to bed. And, um, and then you put our son to bed and I'm, I'm off for the night. I need to go take care of myself. So we already have that language. We already have that dialogue set up. Put my daughter to bed and immediately went in and drew like a really warm bath for myself. Um, Epsom salts in there, baking soda in there, lit some candles, um, put on like literally like spa music and just like cried my eyes out. And while doing so, said to myself, let it come up. You're, you're welcome emotions to come up. You are welcome to come up. Um, and that for me has been the difference in fighting, fighting. I don't like the word fighting off in loving myself through not having anxiety attacks is letting the emotion come up because for me, what I have found, and now I know this is when I start to feel anxious it is because there's a feeling I'm resisting. So for me, anxiety is like Diet Coke, right? <laughs> it's it's something like maybe we think feels better, but is actually like objectively worse for, worse for us, right? If you're going to have a Coke, then have like a really good glass bottled Mexican cane sugar Coke rather than a Diet Coke full of like artificial sweeteners and like all kinds of other things that are end up being way, way worse for you. So for me, anxiety comes up as, um, as I, there's something I don't want to feel. And so this would, what would lead me to anxiety attacks is because I wasn't feeling what wanted to come up. So what wanted to come up for me today, that this instance that I'm talking about today is shame, right? Shame, disgust. Um, those are hard ones to come up, right? Shame, disgust grief, right? Grief over my childhood, um, embarrassment, um, you know, feelings of something being wrong with me or broken or dark, like all those things, letting them come up, come on up, come on up. I'm giving you space, right? I'm sitting here in the tub. My kids are safe. My husband's got them. All right, come on up. And as they come up, walking through what I've talked about in um, the parenting episode and in the shadowing shadow work episode is like, Hey, I love you. I love you so much. And there's, you know, talking to that three, four-year-old version myself, like you didn't do anything wrong. You were just a kid. There's nothing to be ashamed about. There's nothing to feel bad about yourself for. You are beautiful. You are filled with light. Um, that was unfair that that happened to you. 
And I'm never going to let anything like that happen to you again or happen to my kids again. You are safe. And maybe that sounds crazy to you. Um, but I would say, like, don't knock it before you try it because it is a very, if you want a quantum leap feeling really shitty and really anxiety, it is facing the, it is facing the fear, right? It is opening the door. Um, my therapist also, and I, I'm afraid I'm going to like butcher this, but my therapist also once sent me a thing with Buddha and how, I think it was like a demon or something that like constantly tempted Buddha. And when, and I can't remember the name of what it was called. So I'm sorry. I'll see if I can like link <laughs> the story. Um, this is coming up on the fly. So I'm probably going to butcher this a little But e either, either way, this, this big temptation that con continued in this negative form to come up for Buddha would show up and Buddha would lay out tea and be like, welcome, you know, here you are, here's your tea. And then this, you know, negative entity that constantly bothered Buddha would sit and have the tea and then eventually, you know, go on its way. And so I use that imagery now, like, okay, come on up, come on up, you know, because again, like I talked about in the shadow work episode, these are all parts of me, right? And these parts I've rejected, these parts I've been ashamed of. And every time I can incorporate more of myself into myself, the more filled with love and joy and light and the more magical my world is and the more I practice at it, the easier the integration is. So this was something like when it first started came up, coming up, this would take like weeks or months. And so I'm going to tell you like this was like for me, like kind of a 24-hour gig. I'm not promising that. That's just I'm using this as an example. So I had the bath, spent a long time in there came into bed, um, talked it through with my husband, kind of talked it through out loud, got that support, love and hugs and, you know, fell asleep. Um, and then the next morning I woke up and it was a Friday. So my kids had school and I could tell it was just like heavy still on my chest. Um, but I did, you know, did the mom thing, got them ready, got them out. Hi guys, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Somehow I must have switched off the recording and I literally was talking for at least 10 minutes. You know, have you ever done that? Like when someone drops off and you're still chatting away on the call and all of a sudden I was like, oh man, there is nobody home on the other line. Um, and I really felt like I was smashing and like really getting my point home. So but things happen for a reason. I must be getting another chance at doing that section um, for some reason. So I'm going to pick off where I pick up where I left off, which was it was, you know, stuff came out for me Thursday night. Did the thing where I took a bath, integrated those parts, did self care, you know, got some love and support from my husband. Slept, got up in the morning got my kids to school. Um, and I was like, I am going to just take the day. I'm going to take this day to integrate, to feel, to like give myself space for whatever I need that needs to come up. Um, I am going to let myself have that. Uh, and I'm well aware that that is a privilege. Um, but I also believe that 
if I can use my privilege to help myself heal and make my world a better place and ultimately anybody I'm working with a better place, then I'm going to use that privilege that I do have for good that I was able to to take the day. Um, and so I just did. I felt my way, you know, crawled into bed, gave myself space, you know, cry, integrate what's coming up, these hard feelings of shame and disgust and fear and grieving. You know, for me, sometimes when I think of hard stuff comes up, I just like grieve the innocence of myself and like this pure little soul I was, um, you know, and, and looking at my kids and being like, Hey, like, <laughs> you know, it's all okay. And you are okay. And you are worthy and kind of letting myself have the day to feel through that, um, you know, and, and getting into the afternoon and kind of going, all right, like, we're going to flip this. We're going to transition this. We're going to flip the switch. My husband got home and I'm like, I just want to feel joy. Like I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate all the beauty that I have in my life now for myself in current state. I want to celebrate it for the little inner child in me. Like, hey, things are good and we're going to play and we're going to have fun for our children and for my family. And so we have like a little fire pit in our backyard. And I was like, let's just have a little fire after we pick the kids up from school. So we went out and got like snacks and fruit and marshmallows and, you know, set it all up. So the chairs were all set up with like cozy blankets and, and, um, you know, just had some music playing out there and just picked up the kids, got home and just like really enjoyed being outside, being with my family, being with my kids, you know, and saying, this is what it's for. Right. And like, I really do believe joy can quantum leap us in our healing. And it is so easy when you're going through hard stuff. It's heavy and it's difficult. Um, I'm not going to lie. But the more you can lean into it, um, A, and then B, the more you can incorporate joy into the process, like the quicker you're going to like quantum leap into that next version of yourself. And so um, – so I just wanted to celebrate. I just want to celebrate my kids. I want to celebrate this life that I've built. Um, and so that's what we did. And I'm not here to tell anybody their, their special sauce recipe for self-care. Um, you might have heard like this and been like taking a bath and then crying all day and then having a fire in your backyard. That sounds awful. <laughs> and that is perfectly okay. I am not here to say that my recipe for self-care is anyone else's. Maybe yours looks like you need to get physical and just go for like a hike um, and get up to a mountain and just have like a little ceremony with yourself that you're releasing something. Maybe it's journaling all day. Maybe it's um, being in in community with others and talking it through and just having a really spa safe space held for you. Um Whatever that looks like for you is okay. And not only okay, it's perfect. Um, my goal is to just say, hey, this is what works for me and empower you to find like the special sauce of self-care that works for you. Um, my, uh, my other note that I do want to say is it, it is so important to not get fixated on comparison here, right? Like one of my favorite sayings, and I've said it before, is comparison is a thief of joy. Um, so it doesn't matter 
if you look like I had a friend of mine recently who I love to death and she was like, Katie, I know I haven't gone through what you've gone through, but I just worked through this big thing where I never felt seen by one of my parents. And I, and that is so important. It is just as important as anything I've gone through. And likewise, I could have someone reach out to me and be like, yeah, you think you went through tough stuff? I've gone through stuff 10 times tougher than you. Comparison isn't valuable and it doesn't add anything to anybody. Um, we are all on our own path and wherever you are is perfect. And whatever you're working through and healing and integrating is just what you need to be doing right now. Um, that would be the message that I just critically want to drive home is like, you don't, I don't want anybody to listen to this and be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm working through a breakup or I'm working through, like, I didn't get the job I wanted. Um, whatever you're going through is valid and important and it needs your love and intention. Um, and whatever your version of creating that safe, comfortable, cozy place for yourself within yourself is important. And so that was really so much of the message I wanted to to send home today is like, we are all made of strength and struggle. Um, and some days are harder. And even if they come up during really good times, that's just exactly when they're supposed to come up. And, and the more you can address and integrate them, the better. Um, so I want to leave you with these thoughts of giving space for your hard feelings. And the quicker they move through you, the quicker you can feel joy and delight and healing and, and all the good stuff. Um, and the more you resist, the more those anxious thoughts can kind of come up for you, right? Um, you know, anxiety is to me, so much more brutal, I've come to find. And I lived in a state of anxiety because I was so afraid of these hard emotions coming up. I wasn't aware of this. This was all like unconscious stuff. Um, but I think I was so afraid to feel them that I just would choose feeling anxiety when really feeling the emotion was the better way th through and the quicker way through, right? Is to just go through it. Like, Sometimes going above, around, whatever, it just delays this process. Like we're all going to get there eventually. So sometimes just leaning in and embracing it um, is the path forward and it's the most efficient and quickest path forward. Um, you know, and what comes up, the other one thing I want to leave, leave you with too is like what comes up must come down, right? You think of ocean waves, like they have to come down. Um, and kind of this analogy sometimes that I've given in human design for various things, but I think it works here too, is when you have your hand like out a window and it's going up and down in the, in the air, you know, and it goes smoothly um, and you can just drive along like that. And then all of a sudden you throw your hand up. So it's like per perpendicular to the ground. It stops and just shoots back. <laughs> it shoots backwards um, because there's so much resistance because you're not flowing with it. And so the more you can flow with it and honor yourself and integrate those hard feelings, the more whole and complete you're going to feel, the more love you're going to have in your life, and the more love you're going to be able to give to those around you. Um, and the, the other thing is like, you don't need to make up a story here, right? Like I could have made up a story like I'm disgusting. I'm broken. I'm, um, unworthy. Like you don't have to do that when the feelings come up, they're coming up because you are ready to let go and let go and, or integrate them. So it's like, 
all right, I'm not going to make up a story that's going to, like, this is not what's going to define me. What's going to define me is what I make of this, right? And so for me, that looked like choosing joy. That looked like celebrating with my family. But again, it has to happen after I feel the hard feelings, right? You can't bypass it. Spend my whole life doing that. Wish you could, (laughs) but you can't. It doesn't work that way. You can't just skip to the bonfire. You have to give the space for the hard stuff to come up. And when it comes up, the more love you can give it, the more love you can give yourself, the more you can create that really safe environment. Again, that's what self-care means for me is how can I make my environment feel as safe as possible so that I can heal and know that these tough things coming up don't define me and I can find the silver lining in order to step into the next and best version of me. So I adore you all. Um, Thank you for listening. If you've made it to the end, Um, thank you for holding space for me. Um, This is definitely part of my process too, is, is shining the light on the dark things um, so that they no longer have power over me. Um, So I adore you. Thank you. Sending you so much love and just leaving you with a thought of how can you do something to take really good care of yourself today or this week? Um, how can you make yourself feel safe and loved and cozy in the in the best, juiciest, warmest way possible? You know, what might that look like for you? Um, and until next time, I'm sending you all the love. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Katie Rose podcast. This project is a self-funded labor of love from my heart to yours. If this show resonated with you in any way and you would be so kind as to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're using, it would mean the absolute world to me. Also, if you want to connect further, please send me a DM on Instagram at Katie Rose Coaching and say hello. Thank you again and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes released weekly. Until next time, sending you all the love.